MSW Media. Sit for a spill It's time to have some fun Let's do a little thinking Some picking and a drinking But this is what we're drinking With Dan Dunn Oh Cheers, everyone. Welcome to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. I am Dan Dunn. Uh, This is the podcast where we take adult beverages, put them in a shaker with some history and culture and other miscellany, shake it up and serve it to you in an easily digestible shot of auditory goodness. What we're drinking this episode is a Harvey Wallbanger. It's a beguiling combination of vodka, galliano, and orange juice. And we're going to get into that in just a little bit with my special guest and spirit animal, the great Zane Lamprey. But first, since our first episode, please allow me to introduce myself. So I've been writing and talking about adult beverages professionally for going on 20 years. It started with a simple magazine assignment, which was to go to Scotland, tour a bunch of whiskey distilleries, and crank out 1,500 words. And I was just stunned at the time that someone was actually going to send me to Scotland to drink. So I went, and I did it, and it turned out to be one of the most amazing experiences of my then young life. I was hooked. A booze-soaked career was born. So shortly thereafter, I started writing a drinking column called The Imbiber for Metro International Newspapers. And you got to realize this was back before the modern craft cocktail boom had kicked into full gear, mind you, before we were paying $16 for a Negroni. So I was one of the only handful of pundits out there that were uh, preaching the gospel of well-made martinis and small batch bourbons. And now look, everybody's doing it. Yay! Everybody's got a drinking blog. Uh, Eventually, around 2006 or 2007, Playboy magazine came calling. They swooped in and hired me to write the Imbiber column for them. Thank you, Hef. I did that for several years. And uh, while being the booze columnist for Playboy was, for the most part, as awesome a gig as it sounds, uh, it's important to point out that uh, covering alcohol for a living, it's not without its pitfalls. I get paid to drink, and uh, for that I'm going to make no apologies to anyone, okay? I'll admit that I go overboard with the partying from time to time, but for Christ's sakes, that's not a crime in these United States. Uh, At least not yet, anyway. My job is alternately wonderful, brutal, glamorous, reprehensible, dangerous, a gift from the lipid-solvent gods, and the best excuse for pretty much any horrible behavior you can think of. But there have been people in my life, uh, my mom, several ex-girlfriends, a therapist or two, who've suggested that my lifestyle choices are reckless, even pitiable. A desperate cry for help from my wounded inner brat. Peter Pan syndrome writ large. And maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I kind of look at my job lifestyle combo this way. It's like a supermodel serial killer. It might look great and be a whole lot of fun, but it will cut your throat if you take your eye off it for a second. As the poet said, writing about music is like dancing about architecture. If that's true, then what I do is like smoking crack about crack. 
I'm a professional risk taker. I'm the king's taster, the medieval peasant who got to live the good life, eating a steady diet of foie gras until his luck ran out and one of the one in a thousand morsels with arsenic in it landed on his plate. You see, there's a saying among commercial deep sea divers that there are old divers and there are bold divers, but there are no old, bold divers. This profession, drinking for a living, isn't all that different. In a heartbeat, that breezy walk in the park can turn into a sprint through the fields away from a tornado. Then again, if you do it right, you might get to be a regular at the Playboy Mansion. Or Fox might drop a couple million bucks and turn one of your drinking books into a TV pilot. Hell, you may even get to host your own booze-themed podcast on Dan Harmon's network. Lucky me. And with that, let's get to what we're drinking. So for those not currently living in the flower power era... Harvey Wallbanger is not a person. It's a cocktail made with vodka, orange juice, and Galliano. Galliano is the canary-colored stuff in the tall, skinny bottle that sits behind every bar but sees about as much action as, you know, Neil Patrick Harris at the Miss America pageant. The Wallbanger was invented in the 1950s by a booze importer who was desperate to unload a surplus of this weird vanilla liqueur no one wanted. He hid it where no one would notice, in a screwdriver. An early ad campaign targeted young surf enthusiasts with the tagline, Harvey Wallbanger is the name, and I can be made. It made no sense, but surfers were either too stoned to notice, or just stoned enough to really get it, man. But for the most of the 50s and 60s, the Harvey Wallbanger was nothing but a nothing, really, it, uh, to most non-surfers anyway. And then 1972 rolled around. As the current situation in Washington in all its exquisite perversity has thus far illustrated, disillusionment with the political process can manifest itself in unexpected ways, including large swaths of people supporting an abrasive, rug-headed rutabaga as the leader of the free world. Throughout our nation's history, people have vented their political frustrations through protest, rioting, boycotting elections altogether, and in recent years, taking it out on everyone you know on social media. Yeah, I get it, Aunt Betty. Hillary Clinton is a robot Nazi lizard sent from the future to suck out the soul of every living being. Now, for Christ's sakes, enough already with the Benghazi memes. Isn't there a Planned Parenthood Twitter account you control or something? So back before social media ruined humanity, those who didn't want to riot or boycott engaged in the time-honored tradition of casting a vote for someone whose name does not even appear on the official ballot. And while no write-in candidate has ever been a serious factor in a presidential election, that doesn't mean they aren't entertaining on a sociological level. So in 1972, faced with choosing between incumbent president and child-eating hobgoblin Richard Nixon and the far-too-much-sense-making Democratic challenger George McGovern, over 9,000 voters put pen to ballot representing for an array of alternate chief executives. So they wrote in Jerry Garcia, they wrote in Mickey Mantle, and they wrote in famed TV canine Lassie. But none of those upstanding mammals stood a chance in the nihilistic horse race of the 1972 write-in derby. In fact, it's apparent that the burden of choosing the leader of the free world drove many Americans to drink in 1972. How do we know this? Because the leading write-in vote-getter turned out to be the ultimate outsider. I'm talking outside the realm of living, breathing creatures. The most common choice of the people who chose not to have a choice was one Harvey Wallbanger. 
Yeah, that's right. Harvey Wallbanger got more write-in votes than any other name in 1972. Of course, Harvey's uh, appeal to the joint-toking, take-it-easy, listening, not-fund-of-war and or showering demographic was undeniable, but it proved no match for Tricky Dick. Still, if you think getting trounced in 72 put an end to Harvey's political aspirations, you aren't thinking like a brand marketing team. And we're going to circle back to that in just a bit. Okay, so the Harvey Wallbangers have been prepared, and now it's time to bring on our guest. Uh, he is the host of Four Sheets on DrinkTV.com. He's one of the pioneers. He's a guy, a very long time ago, I remember watching uh, Three Sheets, which was, you can probably guess, the precursor to Four Sheets, um, where he traveled around the world. He, he was doing Bourdain before Bourdain, but in the realm of, of cocktails, and uh not only am I fortunate enough to call him a friend, but we also used to host a little podcast ourselves called Happy Hour with uh, with Zane Dunn. And uh, let's give a welcome to Zane Lamprey. I appreciate the Bourdain analogy. You kind of were, man. Um, I mean, you were doing that. You were doing what he did. He was actually, you know, it's funny. He was, uh, was, was when I was making three sheet, or four sheets, that's when he, he died. Yeah. During during that, and he uh, was was consulting. He was helping me out during oh, during man. during that process. So I was going to go to Cuba. I ended up going to, to Grand Cayman because um, just of all the 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 red tape with going to Cuba. Sure. So it was it was interesting. We we it's a it's a very it's I mean it, it's I would say it's a long story, but it's not. It's a pretty short story. Yeah. Like I came out. He his show left the Food Network, and then. Um, they brought me in to fill that spot. Not necessarily fill his shoes, yeah. but just do a traveling drinking show. Or sorry, traveling, traveling eating show. And, um, uh, and you know, I wasn't, I'm not a chef. So I wasn't, that's, I wasn't professing to, to be one. And, uh, and so he, uh, when he, when he watched my show for the first time, said it was unwatchable. It's about a guy who goes around making fun of people. Because I know what he was talking about. This, it, it was this, we were in a, Marseille, France, and these these guys, their house, and we were making dinner, and we were together for like seven hours. You know, TV. Okay. You know, TV is right. Sure. Yeah. And ended up being like a five minute segment, <laughs> but but we in that time we had all these inside jokes, and we were, we were making fun of each other, and they just happened to use some. The guy who's like, he's like, uh, put a little bit, put a little, uh, you know, just a tonton. I'm saying tonton, not a tonton. That was yeah. the, that was the joke. Well, editing, you know, people don't understand like so much of what you're seeing on television yeah. is relying upon the editing. Right. You, know, they, you could do some amazing things over the course of seven hours. Yeah. The guy editing goes, oh, I like that little yeah. bit right there, and then that's but that's they, who you are. But they also use like a reaction shot from something like somebody else because they didn't have one so they used it maybe the guy's face wasn't laughing so it's like oh that guy's mad that wasn't even from that yeah. anyway so yes. so I so I got into it with Bourdain and then we were enemies and then we became friends well let's so. raise this drink up we both have the, we both have let's I'm, I'm gonna be out cheers the Harvey Wallbanger to, to there we go to Anthony Bourdain so I'm going to tell you Zane why, why I chose the Harvey Wallbanger for this first show please please tell me why uh, it was the first drink that I ever never ordered this, in, a in a bar. Okay, so yeah, first drink I ever ordered in a bar. I was underage. I was in a bar in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. where I'm from. And uh, I got in on my fake ID. Mm -hmm. And uh, you what, know, was, what was the ID? I, it was, the, this is back before computers, so you used to actually make them. Like a guy would you know, get a printer and make them, and it was a fake ID. It said I was 20. Like a, a license? A license, driver's okay. license. Wow. said I was 21. I was yeah. 17. Okay. And, you know, 
I look fairly young for my age now. When I was 17... Oh, who, who told you that? I, I know, right? Sorry, I don't want to... I like... mean, I, I can't... I was so young looking when I was 17. So anyway, I'm in the bar and I'm with a couple of friends. And, you know, you're very you're very worried and self-conscious. Like, they're going to know, right? Oh. I'm, I'm already in. Already I'm got... with you. I know what you're doing. Yeah, and I know so what you're doing. I, I was thinking, I need to order something. You need, look, you need to look old. I need to order something sophisticated. Look, look sophisticated, So what, yeah. do, what do guys order, right? And Har- I was like, Harvey the Wallbanger. Harvey Wallbanger. I had no idea what was in it. It could have, you know. And I said, uh, I'll have a Harvey Wallbanger. Do you think that you saw it in a, in a movie or something? I, I don't even, I think I just heard it somewhere. Or maybe it I heard do, it. It sounds very like. Yeah, it sounds like, like you. If you know that, yeah, if that. you know that drink, oh, you you must yeah. you must have these all the time to have such he's, a. He's clearly spent lots of times in bar, a lot of time in bars, and then my friend I think ordered a Tom Collins. So I think we we're just going with like the guy men's names. Maybe they, we, we thought, well, that'll make us yeah. seem like men. So let me ask you a question: yeah. Did you mix this, or did you just pour vodka in? And, and I just poured it and yeah. run. I didn't mix it. <laughs> you might want to stir it a little. It literally <laughs> just tastes like vodka. I'm not okay. even gonna pick up the gallon. So I'm gonna tell you what it is. First of all, this is the you know just so you know it's it's a screwdriver. Yeah. Okay, the screwdriver is a vodka and OJ. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that. And with a Galliano float on it. And usually you'll garnish it with a cherry or an orange wedge. And again, this was the first drink I ever point, had. I'm going to point out that you and did not garnish my drink because it's radio. Know, we didn't do it. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's not, what, What's the we part? You didn't do it. I didn't make I didn't the drink. Yeah, no, I, I messed up. You, did, you, you brought all these ingredients over to my home <laughs> and, and you didn't bring didn't an bring orange a, wedge. Or a cherry. Um, wow. Pretend like there's a cherry in there. So Zane, what that. was the first drink that you ever had in a bar? Do you remember? In a bar? I definitely know the first one I had was a beer. It was like my aunt's uh, uh, boyfriend and that everyone had gone inside. He's in the garage with like, I don't know, his, guy, his buddies and they're drinking like, you know, Miller from a can. Okay. Do you want one? I'm like, how old are you at this point? Six, fifty. No, okay, yeah, 15. I don't know, something like that. Well, yeah, and and he gives it to me, and I and I drank it. And I remember it tasted like what I would imagine uh, metal and urine sort of mixed together. And by the way, <laughs> I think beer on some level, you know, still sort of tastes like that. I just remember thinking like, this is what the fuss is about. This okay, is it. but you go. don't remember the first drink in a bar that you ordered in a. Can you bar. guess what it would have been? Did you have a? Now I do. What was it? Fuzzy navel. So see, so exactly, the you're right. vodka OJ is the starting it's, it, point it's for a triple sec because it's the same thing. It's vodka. Yeah. So it's vodka this, this OJ is, with yeah. with this, peach knots. This is you brought me the gateway cocktail. This is it. We so as it, you can it, tell, by the way, it created it created people like you and me. We're hardcore. So if you want to, if you're listening out there, kids, and you want a career as a professional uh, spirits uh-huh. correspondent scribe, you should start with the foundation, which is vodka OJ. Zane made a career out of it. I've made a career out I'm, of it. I'm going to argue that that the triple sec, because that's what it's missing, right? That's the yeah. other... Oh, no, it's peach schnapps. Peach schnapps. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so manly. The Kuiper's peach schnapps, oh man. Oh, my God. So this one we made with, obviously, the Galliana. So you know what? Galliana's an herbal liqueur. It was invented in the late 1800s in Tuscany. Mm-hmm. It's made with, with is it anise, anise, yeah. anise. But the signature flavor of Galliano is vanilla, okay? And... Uh, and that, and they use this vanilla anise flavor to sort of separate it from other ones that like sambuca is also made with Pernod mm-hmm. uh, or anisette. I, I think uh, people would associate it with licorice. Those the licorice thing. This one is definitely more but on the it. sweeter side. Yeah, and it. I don't know uh, what else you could put it in. I, 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 it, it's a, in a, it's funny that you say that. It seems to me so. It's like a. It's like an herbal liqueur, right? Yeah. Like a, like a Fernet or a Jägermeister, like those kind of things. So it's it's funny, like either in this drink or as a shot. I don't know. You know what would we should people, do? Would people ever have that? Like, 
Like they would have um, Campari. Would they ever have it with, with soda? Or no? I, you know, that could work. I guess. Yeah, you know what? I think that would work. I, I think you and I should make a pact, though. I, we're going to go out some night, and we're going to go to the bar and go, dude. Harvey Wallbangers all night Three night? shots of Galliano. Not to start Maybe start a trend, just like pounding why, shots of Galliano. Why, why are the two of us ordering three shots? That's the weird part. For our poor one out for our homie. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. come for, on, man. For, and for Bourdain. Bourdain. Jesus, <laughs> man, you forgot about him already. I guess so. Uh, if he were here, I know he'd be drinking these Harvey, enjoying them. So I want to get, I want to actually get your impression of the Harvey Wallbanger. Tell me, do you, where do you, do you think it could work as like a brunch drink, maybe, you know? Uh, like, like, what am I supposed to do here? Do you want, being honest with you? Yeah, I want you to be honest. I, 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 I've never had one of these. Okay. The closest I ever had was when I had a fuzzy navel, which is orange juice, vodka, and peach schnapps. Uh, better drink, fuzzy but, navel or this? Fuzzy navel is better. Because of the peach. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Okay. But again, this would be, we're talking about uh, 31 years ago um, for me, and <laughs> even longer for you. And, and so uh, you I, there's a reason I haven't had the drink since. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, it's not that I, I it's think... not it's not something I would order. I, I see where you're going on the brunch because of the orange juice thing. So maybe that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it softens it. The vanilla. So the vanilla. I think if you're if you if you appreciate sweeter cocktails, uh, this is kind of a. Yeah, it, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't. Now that I mixed it with my yeah. finger, because you <laughs> me too. Which, by the way, thank you. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um, the, I I like it more. It's bad. It's not yeah. bad. It's not bad. It's it's not the sort of thing. What here's what I could see a Harvey Wallbanger, and I feel like this could be a fun game okay. if you were to go out for an evening and try to make a game of like ordering drinks that you think possibly you know you're, the, the bartender you're, the bartender wouldn't know. Well, so it'd be like a Harvey Wallbanger might be one of. Okay, the, may, may I go next? Yes. Um, Sex on the beach. Sex on the beach. Okay. Uh, uh, what what do you make with Southern Comfort? Ooh, what do you? Southern make? Comfort and orange I can't. Juice or I can't drink it anymore because I had a bad experience when yeah. I was a child. Everyone has that child. Everyone, everyone 18. has. Yeah. Everyone has had. I don't think I've had it again since then. Yeah, yeah with Soco. Um, but you know the, that that sort of category of drinks that uh, maybe came of age. I mean, this drink was invented in the '60s, mm-hmm. but but then those that whole wave of '80s drinks that were you know uh, again a lot of sexual innuendo in yeah. those uh, between the sheets. Uh, stuff like oh, that. What's a what's a wall banger? Like, is that something? Is that like a sexual thing, or is that? I don't know what that <laughs> Possibly. means. Possibly. Uh, my understanding of the the origin of the name of the drink, mm-hmm. the guy who invented it was actually invented in 1952 by a guy named Duke Antone uh, at a, uh, a bar he had called the Black Watch Bar in Los Angeles, and there was a uh, surfer that hung out there called Tom Harvey. Okay. And the so the drink is named after him, the right. Harvey part of it. Yeah. The wall banger part uh, is sort of a mystery. Uh, David Wondrich, our, our friend who's a, a famed mm-hmm. historian, he said McKesson Imports. That's the company that that, that you know uh, that brings in Galliano. Their marketing team uh, commissioned an artist to to develop a mascot for this drink, like a an, an, you know a graphic image of it. Right? Is that one the one? It's like Harvey Wallbanger is the name. You can drink me or something like that. Yeah, that okay. kind of thing. Okay, so yeah. I, I don't. Somebody at that marketing team probably went wallbanger. Don't know where it came from, but I like it. It's a, it's a again, seventeen year old me thought it was a really. Have you ever had cool a, name? You know the Lamprey Flip Skipper. No, what's that? It's a delicious drink. It's made with Galliano, and peach schnapps. <laughs> Think and, quick and, and orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> just got rid of the vodka. Yeah, By the way, so it. we made this. We made this one with a vodka called JCB. 
which is John Charles Boisset. He's a, a famous winemaker, yeah. uh, but it's a he very did, fancy bottle by the way. He's got it's very fancy. It's, it's a very high end vodka. I, I really enjoy the vodka. It's about two hundred dollars a bottle. You're I not, you're I not throwing that bottle away. Yeah, you? I would not personally advocate buying spending two hundred dollars on vodka, but if you have it, sure. It's a good vodka. Yeah. And then we uh and then we use some of uh orange juice that I imported from my um from Tropicana. Okay. Um so Zane, let's talk a little bit about what you're up to these days. Yeah, so I have four sheets is on Drink TV. Yes. So people can go to drinktv.com. Uh if they sign up there, they get it for like I think twenty bucks for the year. If you sign up there okay. and use coupon code Zane, Z A N E. and then they can get it for a year. So there's that and there's um there's a lot of William Shatner's brown bag. Wine okay. is on there. There's a lot of amazing shows on the, on the network. Uh, and, um, yeah. and is it and going well? Are you happy it's, with it? Yeah, what? it's going amazing. Yeah. That's the, great. The network is fantastic. The guys yeah. who run it, everything is just like, couldn't be better. If only I could get a show on there. What do you, <laughs> who do I have to know? Oh, you. Okay. So it's going let's, well. Let's talk after the show. Yeah, let's talk. Um, um, and so you are on drinktv.com. And you need yeah. to go there. Zane is, uh, you know, I've been entertained by you uh, on uh, professional when, level, yeah. Well, you know, for okay, years yeah. I, I was watching three. I sheets, like to. I like to turn bon vivant. You, you, you are man, Thanks. and you bring a a sexuality. An, <laughs> there's some I'm sex appeal. You. you bring an energy and enthusiasm yeah. to what you do, and you've been doing it for so long, and that has not waned. And that's not true about everybody. Yeah. You know, people people tend to get you know you get you sort of get older and you get stuck in these and it's like, well, it's a job, yeah. but it never seems like a job. It always, whenever I watch you on TV, it seems like you are genuinely it into like, what you're doing. Yeah. So I think on that note, it's time to say a hearty farewell to you, Zane Lamprey. Thank you. You've been an amazing guest. Okay. It's time to wrap up with a segment we call what's driving me to drink. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, the Harvey Wallbanger thing that happened in 1972 did not end in 1972. Uh, back in 2016, in an effort to feed off the teat of the slow-motion train wreck that is the U.S. electoral process, the folks at Galliano attempted to revive their lost libation by launching the Vote for Wallbanger campaign. They hired an actor to play Harvey Wallbanger as sort of a cross between Wooderson from Dave... Uh, uh, what the hell is that movie called? Dazed and Confused, that's it. And uh, Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, the official campaign slogan was, ready for it? Make America chill again. Which, of course, is a spin on Donald Trump's call to make America great again, which, of course, is a racist dog whistle and call to arms to white nationals and neo-fascists. You know, just some lighthearted humor. Here's a little snippet from one of the commercials. Dude, stop yelling. Huh? We shouldn't be fighting? No, I'm only here because I, I heard Democrats and Republicans both have parties. Well, I, I think what the American people want to know is where's the party? Am I right? In the interest of full disclosure, I live in L.A. where you accumulate out-of-work actor friends like Dick Cheney's basement accumulates the skulls of young children. Two of these actor friends, Dave and Aiden, have parts in the Wallbanger video that you just heard. Uh, you know, they needed the work, and they took it, and their rent got paid. That part I like. However, the fact that my classically trained thespian friends had to resort to doing a crappy Harvey Wallbanger revival spot is a reminder that advertising is, as the late Bill Hicks put it, the ruiner of all things good, including Dave and Aiden's poor souls. 
Okay, so the Harvey Wallbanger is a singularly obnoxious drink. It is to cocktail culture what the selfie is to actual culture, a vapid amusement that would have ceased being a thing a long time ago if we as a society weren't so willing to celebrate the banal at the expense of the consequential. Rather than face the awful reality of, say, Donald Trump and the dark yearnings that have suckled his toxic presidency, it seems most people would rather stare at themselves making fucking duck faces into their smartphones over and over and over again. This is the same hashtag vile shallowness and hashtag blithe apathy that is the lifeblood of crap like the Make America Chill Again campaign. With its breezy embrace of the don't-give-a-fuck ethos, at a time when such apathy could get us all killed, or at the very least, into a shooting war with whomever President Cheeto decides has slighted him this week. And I think Iran's up next, right? Iran? Yeah, okay. So a fascist demigod with a Snapchat short fuse has the nuclear codes. What? Me? Worry? Galliano certainly wasn't sweating it, nor was the anthropomorphic cocktail they were hawking. The Vote for Wallbanger site celebrated the candidate's belief that it's, quote, every American's right not to be bummed out. And that's something he'll fight for once he's commander-in-chief. To wake up in Harvey's America is to wake up and then hit the snooze button and go back to sleep for a few more hours. That's the America Harvey believes in. Yeah, and that's the blasé attitude that worked to Nixon's advantage in 72. And I'm sure Trump is counting on there being enough slumbering slugs out there who keep hitting the snooze button until they wake up one day to find their neighbors being round up and tossed over a giant fucking wall. Look, I know some of you are probably thinking, lighten up, man. It was just a stupid Internet ad campaign for a cheesy cocktail. You're right. And Henry Kissinger was just an accounting major who won a Nobel Peace Prize and said cute stuff like, the illegal we do immediately. The unconstitutional takes a little longer. From the moment Trump descended that escalator, demonized an entire race of people, and announced he was running for president, there was no doubt what Make America Great Again was really all about. At the very least, the brain trust behind the wallbanger campaign were egregiously tone-deaf. At worst, they knew full damn well what they were aligning themselves with, and they did it anyway. Either way, I'll be good and goddamned if I vote for Harvey Wallbanger in 2020, because you just know they're going to bring this thing back in some form, right? If we're going to elect a cocktail to the presidency, we should at least make sure it's a good one. Naturally, I've been over and over this, and I think I have the candidate. First, let's eliminate some. Old-fashioned, too stuffy, martinis in bed with Wall Street, the Manhattan practically screams top 1%. No one takes pina colada seriously, and zombie just scares people. To me, there's only one choice. The rusty goddamn nail. Now there's a cocktail that doesn't suffer fools. One that makes you take stock of yourself and reminds us that greatness doesn't come without sacrifice. Because let's face it, folks. Beyond a sense of civic duty, there's really no reason to ever go near Drambuie. But wait, I hear you screaming, Rusty Nail wasn't born in the good old U.S. of A., In response, I'll remind you that little technicality didn't stop Barack Hussein, Hitler, Obama either. Much to the grin of my Aunt Betty and her friend, the Cheeto. We've got just over a year to go before the next election, people. There's still time for the dump wall banger movement to take hold. The guy's done enough damage. Hell, if I had my way, we'd just toss Rusty and Harvey into Thunderdome and stream the whole thing on pay-per-view for $100 a pop. Boom. Debt problem solved. Because no matter what happens, it's looking like we're all going to have a hangover in November 2020. 
we may as well have a little fun along the way. And that's it for this episode, my friends. I want to thank our guest, Zane Lamprey. Love you, Zane. Check him out on Four Sheets on drinktv.com. Go to his website. His Instagram's always very entertaining, at Zane Lamprey. Also, check out my Instagram, at The Imbiber. That's at T-H-E-I-M-B-I-B-E-R. Shoot me a note, like some stuff, and I'll like you right back. Uh, visit the website, donetheimbiber.com. That's D-U-N-N-T-H-E-I-M-B-I-B-E-R.com. I know it's a lot, but you can do it. If you've got any questions or comments, you can hit me up on the site, and uh, maybe I'll even talk about it on a future show. Until next time, I'm Dan Dunn reminding you to never take a swing at someone when you're wearing a nice watch and never go bowling in shorts.